episode of true north nerds yay Yay. so um i guess we'll start with a little bit of show news just to explain some things for the show going forward um as you can tell by the cheers jen is not here we have ryan that's me and we have kevin that's me and we have me that's That's you yeah so jen has uh accepted a new job and unfortunately that job requires her to be gone for Good chunks of time, so she is still Which very makes much for a lonely brand. Yeah, she. Uh, it's going to be worth it though. Yep. The um, so she is still part of this podcast, very much so. Um, she and I are still married. <laughs> Just very much so. He wonders about that. <laughs> Least I think so. She didn't take any of her. So that's a. Good so that's thing. yeah. That's your first sign. Yeah. So. What we are going to be doing is she's going to join us when she can, and I'm going to try and figure out when we can, if there's a way to Skype her in. There will probably be some inserts, and some weeks she she just might not be on the episode. But just wanted to clarify that, just in case anybody's wondering from this episode forward. Part of me didn't want to mention it at all and see what happened, and just kind of ignore any comment about it. Like, what happened that to Jen? Be fair to Jen. Yeah, and and Rex would notice right off the bat. Yeah. So. <laughs> she is the funny one. Apparently, it's because you guys don't live with her. <laughs> um, you better hope she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, she might. And I've been saying that she isn't funny for years, so I can get away with it. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, let's start with the news. So in the news, well, we got a bunch of new trailers in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll just pick one and start. Uh, we got a new Terminator trailer, Terminator Dark Fate. Mm. Eh. It, like, it, like, it didn't look bad. It, it, the trailer looked better than the one for Genesis did a couple of years ago, but it's... Yep. It's weird. Uh, I'm burnt out on the Terminator, especially doing reboots. Like, if they could figure out something new to do with it, maybe I'd be more interested. Oh, look, killer robots from the future. Yeah. Well, isn't this one supposed to ignore everything after T2, and this yeah. is the true sequel to T2? Ugh. But at the same time, it's not like Edward Furlong's going to be in this movie, because, well, he has issues. Um, but, like, yeah, it's... There, there's nothing about it that really screams to me, go and see me. Now, they, they can change that. Um, I did like how every artist and graphic artist I know, it, with the exception of you, complained about the poster image that they put out. I haven't seen the poster. Because it, it's just terrible. Oh, is it that bad? Yeah, it's a still shot of Linda Hamilton and the sun's in the background, but it's like... It's like all off center and stuff like that. Like the the it just like it, it looks very amateurish. Oh. But oh, I have I have no opinion. I have not seen it. You haven't seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer. I haven't uh, seen the poster. What did you think of the trailer? Uh, I thought it's a Terminator trailer. Yeah, it's one of those like you know. Like, I hope it's good. You know, you always want a Terminator movie to be good. 
I like the Sarah Connor Chronicles, the TV show. Uh, I didn't watch it enough to be... Like I, it was great. I bought I, it I've never from seen, Blockbuster. Oh, you bought one. it. I got the first season. I don't Wasn't have the there only one season? No, there was two. Oh, there was two. I think the second yeah. one's cut short, though, but um, it, it's very good and it explains how it could exist in the same world as the other movies after Oh, really? Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I think I watched the first season of it. Not that I didn't like it, it just fell off my radar, you know? Yeah. Uh, the other Terminator um, tie-in I liked is the theme park attraction that's no longer yeah. <laughs> with the giant robots came out of the screen and a, a guy who's dressed like Arnold on a motorcycle actually came right out of the screen at you and you're wearing three. It was one of the first 3D yeah. effects shows. That they one did. of the last Sarah Connor, Connors of that show is a pro wrestler. That, that doesn't surprise me. She works me. for uh, AEW. Oh yeah, that, well, that and all pro wrestlers are based out of Florida. In Orlando, so yeah, yeah, they used to tape um, WCW wrestling at yeah, Universal. Universal. Studios. That was always one of the complaints of like some of the wrestlers of that show because it's it's different when you're giving away free tickets than people buying them. Like it, like for right. instance, I would buy a ticket to uh, a wrestling show because I like wrestling. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, going through Universal, oh, it starts raining. Oh, look, that TV taping's starting soon. Yeah. That will kill an hour inside. Yeah. yeah. You know? like and then, It's not raining in there. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yep. Uh, then, okay, so let's go. Uh, remember there was that uh, Sonic the Hedgehog trailer that came out? Oh, yeah. yeah. And everybody complained about the eyes, and then they came, oh, we're going to fix it. Don't worry. It'll be fixed. It'll be fixed. Now it's delayed. Yeah. Oh, They've big freaking surprise yeah. there. <laughs> uh, delayed to 2020. So all the worries about uh, people, you know, the the visual artists having to, you know, work Good. overtime and yeah. slave. At least now they've been given a little more time to fit to work yeah. on it. Hopefully so if they're actually going to do this change, now they've given themselves time to do it. Hopefully they get paid for it still. Well, I would assume they would. Hold on one second. Next. Ooh, okay. So we got our first look at Star Trek Picard. Yes, we did. Uh-huh. It's Patrick Stewart yes. in a vineyard. With with wine, I still think it should be a one man play of Picard reminiscing about his adventures in Starfleet, <laughs> with occasional guest appearances by somebody like, "Oh, what the Borg funny, Jordy? Yes, yes, they were." Ha ha! Glug glug glug. So far, unlike Discovery, things seem to be pretty positive about this one. The, the online fans haven't gone. Crazy, so probably because far. this stars an old white man and not a young black woman. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, it's a continuation. It's the captain we know. And a continue. Well, right there, a continuation of the known timeline. Not yeah. well. Where? How does this fit into my my classic track? Exactly. <laughs> but I have a feeling once we actually see it, those people are going to hate it because it's not going to be Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah. I'm open to it. Oh, I am yeah, too. No, uh, Discovery, if anything, has like made made sure that I'm. If if Discovery had been terrible, I would probably be leery of this, regardless. Yeah, but even but, Discovery is pretty. No, it's Trek. It's people yeah. in a spaceship. Mm-hmm. This might not be. This might be Picard. You know, from the looks of this trip, it could be him sitting. You know, you're talking about him reminiscing. This could be him in a psychiatrist's office. Dealing with his issues that uh, that happened from the fallout, his PTSD mm. from the fallout of the destruction of the Romulan Empire. Well, we'll see. I, I am like like I said when we talked about it when it first became official. 
if he's signing on for it, he at least believes in it. Yeah, like, well, I don't think you would have done it just for money. <clears throat> Plus, no. you have Michael Shabon as the head of the writing department, right? He's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Yeah. So, um, I think uh, I think the show's in good hands. And oh, I think it's going to be good. I just it's like, I don't know if it. I don't think it's it's, it's not going to be it's not different. People in spaceships shooting at each oh, other. Oh no, no, it's going to be it's going to be thinking Picard instead of running around shooting people with a gun, Picard. Yeah. Mm. Because or, the or man seduce is 70, an alien lady is Picard. The man is 78 years old, too, right? Yeah. So, somebody did the math, and uh, I think, isn't he now about the age that the, the forward flashes at the last episode of Next Generation? Yeah. 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 Just kind of interesting how last, that pays out. Last week was the 25th anniversary of the finale of, yeah. the, of Next Generation, mm. if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... He literally is 25 years older than that yeah. point. That, there is an interesting thing to think about is like when that show aired mm-hmm. in Canada, at least you could go to the Sky Dome to watch that final. I episode. did. You did. I was there. Now, like when was the last time there was a show big enough to do something like that? Like. Was Game of Thrones showing say, in any theaters or anything? No, but probably because it was on HBO. Yeah, maybe. Well, actually, no, it, it was. The, I, I did hear of theater showings. I don't know if there were any here in Canada, yeah, the, but there could, were in the States. Yeah. The Doctor Who 50th anniversary special was, it was oh, yep. broadcast That is very theaters. true. I saw that. The Christmas specials were, too, the last couple of years. Yeah, yes. they, or at least up here they were, yeah. which I assume in the States as well, because we get the short shift when it comes to that. Not yeah. Me. We're not usually the leader. We're the no. follower when it comes to So those kinds of... But, but that that's not... 40,000 people in a stadium watching television together. Yeah. That was a pretty wild uh, event. <laughs> now, at the time, because that was put on by City TV. Yeah. City, I think, basically. As you said, wh- who were they owned by? Were they owned by. They were. Uh, were they independent. independent yeah. The they were their own. Okay. Because I was just wondering you know, if they were owned by Rogers and Rogers. Did Roger well, own oh, Sky no, Dome yet? Right. Or Sky Dome at the time, too. I think. I don't uh, think Rogers even owned that. I do at that remember point. Okay. that you had to go to get the tickets to Radio Shack. So I'm pretty sure Radio Shack was a major sponsor, sponsor. of it. Oh, okay. But it was also it was in the winter, wasn't it? No, or, it was no? Uh, it was May. Really, it was this time of year. Because I'm like uh, like the the Jays weren't playing, obviously. I guess they were uh, on uh, the road. Yeah, on a night that the Jays were out of town. That that would have timed out well for them if that was the case. Yeah. yeah. And remember, City TV was your federation station, yep. as Mark Daly would say. So you know, I I think Star Trek. Maybe helped fund that channel for for quite a few years. They did help, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was that. Uh, we got our first look at the final season of Jessica Jones. They finally announced that Netflix season. I yep. hear that. Uh, it's coming out uh, June 14th. We got the look at the, the bad guy of the season as well. See, I, I didn't see him in the teaser. Like, kind I of haven't seen the new one, to be honest with you. There's like a little... He? They haven't really said. It almost seems like uh, when there's a voice and the guy's talking about her being a fraud and things. So it's like it's interesting. The one right up I read sounds like there's going to be a few more other uh, superpowered people maybe in this one. Well, this is the last Marvel Netflix show, right? Yep. Because all the others have been canceled. already been canceled. Yep. The only other one that you could see, like timeline wise, would be Punisher, but they they canceled that right after the second season. Yeah, started, yeah. So. 
Okay, Neat. so oh, so we got a trailer for Swamp Thing. We just watched that one before uh, before you got here. Oh, I, I think I did watch. Maybe it was a teaser. Was it a full trailer, this one? Uh, this one was a full trailer that we watched. Uh, but yeah, for so Swamp Thing, it's another one of those DC Universe mm-hmm. streaming shows. Uh, no announcements yet on the, if it's going to be airing anywhere in Canada. Because uh, we got Titans on Netflix, and then we got uh, Doom Patrol on Space. But I haven't heard anything yet about Swamp Thing. Um, and its release, though, in the States on, on, the, on the app is, um, I guess, this weekend, May 31st. Yep. Oh, which is interesting because uh, Good Omens also comes out this weekend as well, yeah, or the weekend that we are recording this episode. Yeah. yeah, Jen Jen has already said so. If it's all at once, can we binge it this weekend? <laughs> What's that one? Good Omens, the the Neil Gaiman Terry Pratchett book. Yeah, it's the nice I book about the end of the world. That. Oh, okay, is that on Amazon? Yeah, it's on nah. Amazon. But oh, it, yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, okay. the book was hilarious like it, it is laugh out loud funny yes so next next oh oh so someone broke into mile high comics in denver which is one of the you know it's a really big comic store oh they like, were it's a well-known back comic. in the day that was the company that put all the ads in the back of yep. the comics that said if you're they, missing x factor number three order from yep. us they were like the first mail order comic company that i can recall like they've got warehouses of comics yeah they're like huge yeah so the guy broke in knew what he was doing too he broke in this f- footage of him uh, and he took 14 comics, uh, valued at a total of over $42,000. Yeah, that sounds like an, not that I'm a cop, but that sounds like an inside job. Yeah. Well, sounds like he knew what he was that, grabbing. Yeah, because he went to a specific case, broke his way into the case, took specific comics out of that case, and uh, and left. Were they graded, do you know? I don't know if they were graded or not. Yeah, because if they're graded, that makes them easy to track. Yeah, like if they're if, if they're sold publicly and stuff. Yeah. Uh, one thing they thought, I guess, he had taken was a a whole series of original Todd McFarlane art. Mm. Oh wow! But uh, they found it later laying on the floor somewhere else in the store. So it looks like he may have grabbed it at one point and then just kind of discarded it when he didn't have enough room because in this bin because he took comics and was like, yeah. putting them in bins. Uh, uh, art is a li- is also like uh, it's a little, a little trickier to get. Yeah. It, it, in this digital age, weirdly, it's easy enough to sell it, but it's also easy enough for people to watch out for it. Um, I've been uh, trying to find out where Swamp Thing's airing in Canada. It hasn't, it hasn't been. been announced. But did you know Ian Zarek is playing the Blue Devil on Swamp Thing? Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I, I did recall that hearing that. Yeah, but I think I don't think it is the like I don't think he's the Blue Devil. Blue Devil. I think he's the actor because isn't he an a former actor stuntman who becomes semi-famous after playing the demonic Blue Devil in a film looking to reclaim his former fame? Yeah, in the comics. That was his origin. Yeah, exactly. He was in the Blue Devil costume for a movie, and then uh, there was a curse, and he couldn't get out of the Blue Devil costume. Hmm. Yeah, the, um, the the new trailer has the, uh, what's his name? The Floronic Man is also in it. And that's Kevin Durand, who was Blob in the uh, X-Men Origins. What movie now? X-Men Origins Wolverine? I don't remember that he movie. He was Blob. The, well, the first time Ryan Reynolds was Deadpool. No. You don't that remember? never happened. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. 
Oh, Madam Xanadu's a recurring character on that show. Yeah, too. I, I'm very curious to see how it comes out. the The trailer has a very horror yeah. vibe to it, but kind of a horror outbreak type look feel to mm. it. But um, I love me some Swamp Thing. Oh yeah. Mm. My only exposure to Swamp Thing has was through the Animal Man comics, the new oh, the, the, the new Fifty Two yeah. run when they crossed over during the whole Rot World. With the red and the green and the life forces and all that kind of stuff. My the, rot, ma- uh, the red, like, the green, and the rot. Yeah, mine was like the Alan Moore run. The oh. Alan Moore run is just, mm. it's a master class in comic book writing. Like, I, I watched the Swamp Thing, first Swamp Thing movie. Not <laughs> it was okay. The, well, the Wes Craven directed yeah, it, I think, yeah, right? it's cheesy. Yeah. I, I, I want to say it's a stuntman that's the the... the Swamp Thing, like the guy in the suit is a so. stuntman or something like that. I think so. And uh, Adrian Barbeau is in it, isn't it? Yes, she, she plays Ar- um, Abby Arcane. Oh, my back. Getting old. Um, oh, so we got... You no, know, this doesn't happen too often, but we got a trailer to promote a new comic book. Yeah. So we got a trailer to uh, for Batman The Last Night on Earth. Oh. And it's uh, the next book from DC's Black Label series. Okay. Uh, so it's made, it's a 48-page pristine format issues. This, this one's going to be coming out. It's only three issues, and it's coming out bi-monthly. So, you know, it's going to be another two months before the next issue comes out. I picked it up today, and Brent did too. I haven't read it yet, though. I've read it, um, and I'll talk more about that later. Mm. But, yeah, no, uh, so I just thought, you know, it's, the, the trailer itself is, I thought at first I thought it was like more gonna be motion comics, but it was actually yeah, co- a little bit motion comics, slightly more animated than that. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's not often you see them go that far, like to make a trailer to promote a book. So it piqued my interest and made yeah. me look at it to buy it. So. DC's been doing it on and off for the last two or three years. Well, apparently and, uh, I, I was told today they did it for for, uh, for Doomsday Clock, but I never saw that one. Yeah, me neither. But uh, I must admit, I'm very curious about it. It's the first time I picked up a Batman book, even though this is outside of normal yeah, well, continuity. But it's the first time I picked up a Batman book in a while. And uh, the thing that Jeremy pointed out that I thought was interesting is the it is a different format than the last black label book that they put out, which is the, the Batman Damned book. Yep. Because that was more of a magazine format, and this is more of the prestige mm-hmm comic book format so I, I don't know if it's which one they're going with permanently or if it's just going to change I think per it, project probably, that's probably what it's going to be mm. from the looks of it uh, so staying with Batman there was all kinds of rumors and the internet lost its shit because there was rumors that Robert Pattinson was going to be cast as Batman and so of course everybody's like oh my god we're going to have sparkly Batman and he can't be Batman I don't think he's a bad choice. If they're going that young, yeah, then, you know, they well, can, he's they not can... super young. He's younger no. than we are, but he's but he's probably in his late twenties, maybe, maybe even in his thirties at this point. Because Harry Potter was fifteen years ago. Yeah. So my my take on it is twofold. One, I, like he hasn't done anything as an actor that has wowed me, but I don't think he's terrible either. Like I, Twilight was something that I couldn't get into no, regardless of him, but he's done a couple movies that I've seen that I'm like, eh, like there was that, uh, that romantic drama that he did Which where one? it has the, I can't remember what it's called, but it has the worst ending of any film ever. Oh, 
because it's uh you don't see it coming and it is so uh what was it called pierce brosnan plays his dad in it and it's like basically they're uh, a couple from like kind of two different worlds, blah, 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 blah. And then they make up and he gets along with his dad and he goes to work and he's staring out the window and then you span over to a TV and you notice that it's September 11th and you turn back and he's looking out the window as a plane is headed towards the building, fade to black. It is an awful, awful ending for like, because it had wow. nothing to do with the rest of the movie. They just thought it would like, oh, maybe it would give it more depth if they worked everything out and then he died tragically. So they used 9 11 to make sure that he died tragically that, and dead, dead. There's that's, no. That's ballsy. That. So Pattinson is 33 years old. Yeah. So that's peak age to play Batman. So the the second thing is is every time somebody's announced to be Batman, it just gets shit on. Yep, yeah, it doesn't matter who. People shit on Michael Keaton. Michael for Keaton's Batman. the prime example of like, oh, he's going to be garbage, and yeah. he, he's yeah. arguably the best film Batman. Yeah. Yep. Best Batman on out of comics besides uh, Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Kevin Conroy's better. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not even confirmed, right? No, it was like, just uh, rumors. It was talk. It was internet talk. Yeah. As we like to say in this podcast, until it starts rolling, who knows? Mm-hmm. And then even then, you get things like New Mutants that they've filmed it. Yeah. They haven't done the reshoots yet. Yep. I can, every, every two weeks on my timeline, something comes up like, oh, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out in theaters. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I am willing to, if anybody wants to take me up on the bet, I am willing to put money down at this point that I'll, it's, it's I'll, going to Hulu. I'll wait and see what they say at D23 this summer. They'll, they'll I, say something about it there. The, the only reason I say that it's not coming out is because they are so positioning Dark Phoenix as the end of the X-Men saga. Right. And the New Mutants movie doesn't fit into that narrative. Right. It just made never see the light of day. Like I think we'll see it. I think it just won't be in theaters. It'll yeah. get dumped on Hulu or Netflix. So, it's probably uh, too, well, I doubt it'll be Netflix. Yeah, but, and it's probably too dark for Disney Plus. Yeah, that's why Hulu would be the prime suspect, and just like no even fanfare. Even I think it'll just sort of like be one of those things that like IO Nine or somebody or one of those websites will go. Oh hey, look what showed up, and mm. there'll be a big hoopla over it, and followed, followed by like the inevitable like, guess what just appeared on Hulu and is terrible, yeah. or something like that. Like whether it is or not, that yeah. headline will go on it. Yeah. Uh, so I know something else happened while in between recordings that uh, well, I'm the only one that watched it. Game of Thrones ended. Yep, it did. <laughs> yep. And the people rejoiced. No, no, I don't. I had no problems with the ending. I I liked no. the ending as far as, to me the ending made sense. Yeah, you know if you watch it and you followed the way the characters were, th- this was probably the most realistic ending to everything. Yeah, versus the you know, the happy storybook. Everybody's happy, and this is as close as you're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it meant for the last three weeks. 
on Sunday night, you could tweet about anything else other than Game of Thrones and get away with it without people shitting on you for it. I tweeted like three or four times about The Last Jedi and how it's good. Not a peep because everybody's shitting on Game of Thrones. Nice. Because <laughs> usually that's enough to get somebody to go, oh, wasn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> nope, they were too busy. But, uh,. Yeah, it did. I think it did well ratings wise, though. Oh yeah, I think fourteen million people watched it or something like that. Not including people who were pirating it and all that sort of stuff. And but the fallout from that is just stupidity. Well, yeah, this one guy who started a petition wanting it to be petitioning to have all of season eight uh, recreated and redone or rewritten by better writers. Yeah, because he didn't like because the other seasons he didn't enjoy apparently yeah. because that's the same crew of people they've had for well, a while. And and that, well, so then the, 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 when you make that argument, their counter argument is, well, they had source material. Once they didn't have source material, then they didn't know what they were doing yeah. and they ruined it. You know what? I would agree with that argument though. But is like they were behind the eight ball, and nothing well, they would have done would have made people. Oh happy. no, exactly. I don't. But I don't think that once they didn't have the exact source material, that they ruined things. Like, yeah. From what I feel like, I've never read the books, but from what I know of the books, there's a lot of stuff that was left out mm-hmm. from the books, uh, like the whole Lady Stoneheart storyline. Like, who's that? Yeah, not in a TV show. No, the the other one that got me is how they're the the two showrunners who are now involved with Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yes, there's the petition to have them removed from Star Wars because they did a bad job at the ending of Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, therefore, they won't do a good job of Star Wars. No. The listeners can't see it, but I'm just shaking my yeah. head. Or the argument is, well, once they got uh, signed on to Star Wars, they just they didn't care about Game of Thrones anymore and wanted to hurry up and finish it. No, no. That didn't happen. That's not how it... This it is, HBO, HBO wanted their series finished. If they had, and if HBO had thought like something was seriously gone, going wrong, they would have replaced them. And plain and simple. There was never going to be an ending that was going to please everybody anyway. Somebody's favorite character was going to die or not get what they wanted. And And this just goes to show you don't name your children after TV characters unless the show is finished. Especially TV characters who are psycho psycho with dragons. Yep. All those baby Daenerys's now are psycho killers. The other side of it is. How many shows end well? Oh, yeah. Like, that have a very satisfying last That episode. would have been a good topic for today's episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can one. mash. Star Trek The Next Generation. Star Trek The Next Generation. The Shield. The Shield's ending is really, the, really good. The Next Gen's ending, was it really that good, though? Yes. In When I first saw <laughs> it, I was like, eh. But as an adult, going back and watching it, like, especially without, like, if you can see it in, like, it, on Netflix, where it was like you watch the whole thing straight through. It's a character study of Picard. Yeah, and it flashes us back, so we get to see all the eras of the show all through it. Uh, and it ends with him becoming closer to his people. So you know it, and yet, like it didn't end. Right, we knew that there were going to be further adventures of the Starship Enterprise and its crew, but it was a nice capper to this series. <coughs> And then came the crappy Generations movie, not six months later. Yeah, but then we got First Contact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they actually wrote Generations before they wrote All Good Things. Yeah. And it's the same writers who wrote both. 
So, but so, like like the amount of shows that have ended, I would say terribly. Just a lot of shows just end with kind of like meh. A lot of shows meh. just get canceled. That too, and don't get a chance to end. And, or it all ends it's like, and it was all a dream, or it was all in a snow globe, or yeah. And that's the real kick in the nuts ones. Well, the only one that deserves it, it was all a dream ending, is New Heart. That was a great ending. Yeah, that's a good ending. That would be another show that I can say that that, that ended. Buffy had a pretty good ending. Yeah, that one wasn't yeah. that bad. Um, that's, that's a sh- good ending. Went on a little too long. Like, well, uh, that was it should have ended at season five. Five, and then they... And then they just went. said, oh, wait, we found another network that will take it. We'll let it come back for two more years. But... Babylon 5 is the same way, too. Babylon 5 had an extra season that was not needed. Well, Babylon 5 was supposed to be a five-year story, and then they thought they were being canceled at the end of four, so he wrote mm, an they episode. They thought they were getting canceled after the end of each season. Right, but but at the end of four, they they were oh, like 95, 99% sure it wasn't coming back. Yeah. And then TNT stepped in and said, oh, we'll take another season. So he'd already actually written the finale. The finale of Babylon 5 as aired was actually written a year before all of season five was. Yeah. So and, he tied up. And all it's the not like lines. it's a bad season. It's no, just, it's not it's like, it, yeah, it just didn't need to be there. And so we rushed some storylines in season four because he didn't think he had time to finish them. And yeah, it is what it is. And mm. it's, it is, it's pretty good for what it is. But yeah, most shows just don't have a chance to. Yeah. They peter off and, get canceled without being known. Yep. Like the tick, the tick has been canceled. I and, heard. I'm, and it's last episode is like a cliffhanger. I just started watching season 2 and I'm sad to find it. Oh, season 2 is so good too. <laughs> That's the worst part. No sewer urchin though. I really thought they were sewer. going to bring in bring him in, but mm. Anything else there, Ryan? Yeah, one last thing. So we got uh, Vanity Fair gave us a whole photo spread of uh, from Star Wars Episode <coughs> Nine, where we got to see photos of uh, the Knights of Ren, mm-hmm. which shows that they're going to be in this movie. Uh, and then along with uh, in their article, there was they had a quote saying that, you, and you can see it in the trailer, that that's who we, who Kylo Ren is fighting is against the Knights of Ren. And that was immediately redacted. Yeah. Then the next day, there's like, oh no, sorry, we we were mistaken, and you can say, oh, they're in the movie, and he's fighting other people. Yeah, maybe. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Who knows whether it's they spoke too soon or if they got their information. Or the, yeah. It could be either or. Mm. Either way, we get lots of cool new photos. We get to see some of the some people's new characters. Yes. Um, whose I names I can't that remember. Kerry Russell is in this movie. Yep, as a bounty hunter, apparently. Is she? Yeah, because they showed her off in her costume. Yeah. Oh, so then just I remember seeing this one online just the last couple of days. Remember there was that whole thing about Matt Smith being in episode nine? Oh, yeah, Matt Smith. I forgot he's in this movie, too. Well, now it's becoming a whole big thing. Is he? Yeah, there, there seems to be. Uh, I it's, think that's. It's I think either. He is, and there's some sort of mystery that they want to. Try and preserve as long as humanly possible. Either that, so it's either yes, he's in it, and you know it's a big mystery, or no, he's not in it anymore. But he, whatever he, he could have filmed could have been edited out. Yeah, but it's got to the point where they've you know, he, you know in interviews he's been asking, "Oh, I don't know, am I in it? I don't know." Uh, but uh, I guess the BBC Star Wars site or something. 
or the, I guess the UK Star Wars site, not BBC. Uh, just recently removed his name from the casted list. Oh. Mm. Which goes back to the whole... Because I guess one of the old uh, internet rumors was that he's playing a young Palpatine. Which I'd never yeah. heard that one until uh, now. That was floating around when he when the story of him being cast. Yeah, which would have been before we knew Palpatine had any involvement in yeah, this movie. Which, that's the, the part that I'm like, okay, maybe those dots are connecting. Yeah. Um, we, we got to see Richard, Richard E. Grant. And would you like to take a, a guess on which side he's on? He's an English actor. Hmm. Well, all of our leads are English now, too, though. So. Oh, yeah, no, fair point. No, he's an Imperial. Of course he is. He looks pretty good in the suit, though. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, once again, you know, just enough to pique my interest in, you know, evermore, you know, Star yeah. Wars is coming, but slowly. At Christmas. Yeah. We, we'll go see it oh, yeah. probably twice, maybe yeah. more. Probably. Keeping on how good it is. Yep. So, uh, is that it? Did you have any news, uh, Kevin? Or? I do not today. I am sorry to say. Uh, well, we don't usually trade in celebrity gossip, but I thought but, I would mention, I mentioned this to Ryan. Uh-huh. Is, uh, so, Charlize Theron has jumped back into the dating pool. And You're a married man, Brent. No, no, not for me. I'm just putting it out there. Oh, wow. Looking for a normal dude hmm. who can grow a good beard. So, Do we know anybody like that? Hmm. Just saying. If, if Charlize Theron happens to be listening to the podcast, <laughs> please take a look at our photos. <laughs> Ryan Single. And can grow a good beard. He has one right now to prove it. Kind of normal. At least I have a nine to five well, well, job. Yeah, I've, got a seven, I've got a 7.30 to four job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so um, I'm hoping to get uh, more word because the, the soft launch for uh, Star Wars Galaxy, uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge has occurred. How many people do you know have gone already? I know a couple of people. I got two. Yeah. Mm. You'd think blood would give you a call, but mm. <laughs> my, my cousin went. Oh, yeah. He and uh, Stefan, who I worked with on the cruise, they both got chances in. Nice. Josh described it as um, in two as ways. As heaven on earth? Um, oh, pretty close. <laughs> uh, as a, because he works in that industry. Yeah. As like a jaded industry vet, he thought they pulled it off really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some tweaks that they may want to do. But like, but like that's in the course of theme park life to begin with. Like, it's yeah. where it is now, he was. And he said, and the eight-year-old him was jumping up and down in, like, excitement the entire yeah. time he was in there, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be something. I, even the merchandise just looks awesome. Yeah. Like, the, everything from the, you know those, we've seen them at conventions for a little while, those shoulder dragons, yep. the little puppet things, they have salacious crumb oh, ones yeah, that work on the same sort that, of things. Yeah. And uh, the the build your own droids. I I watched a twenty minute video on the build your own lightsabers uh, yesterday of a guy who went through with his girlfriend. Oh yeah. Um, no video yet because obviously there. Uh, according to him, the uh, that's probably my. Phone. That was your phone. The um, the he the went as part of like inside? a cast member 
soft right. opening. Yeah. So they they phone they bagged all your phones when you went in and stuff like that. But he said it was kind of nice because like he didn't have to take video by doing it. He got to enjoy the experience of right. of going through and he had well, high praise for the lightsaber experience. It officially opens tomorrow. Tomorrow as this. of this recording. It looks cool though. <coughs> I, I I just yeah, I, I think it comes from being like when we were kids, Return of the Jedi came out, and that was kind of it. Like yep. we got droids and the Ewoks and the the two Ewok movies, but they were fairly quickly afterwards. Yeah, by '86 there was no new Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. even the toys had petered out by that. And point. the Marvel comics were on their way out. Yep. And now it's like, and and yeah, people are going to complain about. It. Some of it, but there's like good Star Wars. There's something good for everybody. Yeah, like the comics. the The main comic book has been solid pretty much its entire run. And we've had three good animated series. Yeah, and hopefully these two live action series will be good too. Yeah, and you know the, some of the books they've been putting out have been pretty solid as well. It's, oh, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Have yeah. you guys caught up on Rebels yet? Not Rebels um, um, Resistance? No, I keep meaning to sit down and... I've finished. I'm, I'm caught up with you. Well, it, it may be one that I watch now that Jen's not going to be home for it, that I'll sit down and just plow through the mm. entire thing one day. It's good. It gets good. Let's say yeah. that. Yeah. It was a tough slog at times. Yeah, but that, that sometimes happens. Mm-hmm. I, I, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., prime example. Of that. Oh, yeah. that first season where it was like, yeah, eh, it, it's it, okay, it's okay. Star Trek the Winter Next... Soldier happens. Oh, my God, what does this mean for S.H.I.E.L.D.? And then yeah. they pick up right Star afterwards. Star Trek The Next Generation is another good example of that. That Those first two years yeah. were crap. Yeah, my, my buddy, uh, I, I had lunch with my buddy Alex, who is one of the biggest Star Trek fans I know. And we were talking. It's the first time I've gotten to sit down with him. And talk about Discovery and Picard and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he, he's like, yeah, all these people dis- that, like complaining about Discovery obviously haven't watched the first like two to four seasons of Next Generation. Because it wasn't that great. It was not good. Whereas this one started off right out of the gate. So uh, I got to see the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Okay. And it's very enjoyable. I can imagine. It's a little weird in tone because um, it's very much like um, the not the current Ninja Turtles cartoon, the last one in terms of humor and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But there is like some scenes of violence in it that are like kind of violent for that tone. Hmm. And the other thing that kind of threw me off is I, I don't know why... They didn't do it like how it was in one of the comic book series where they did it in the DC traditional animated style and have the that last version of the Turtles animated style. Right. But overall, really good. And I think it's Troy Baker does Batman's voice. He's doing like Kevin, like his best Kevin Conroy impression. Oh, T- Troy Baker or Diedrich Botter? Uh, Troy Baker. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he does. I think he does both Batman and and the Joker in the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, it, it's 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 one of those weird things. It's an animated movie, but it's not based off of the comic book series, which it was the animated crossover. Hmm. It's based off of the other one, which they're like it's turtles in like a nebulous turtles universe like it's not any one version of the turtles okay. and 
a Batman universe that's more or less like the current one, like Damien is Robin and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it's not the it's not necessarily the Batman universe we're reading at the moment. Right. But that in mind, crossovers are a big thing in comics and TV mm-hmm. and movies these days. So I thought I would ask you guys if you had any particular favorite crossovers. Mm-hmm. That is a very good question. You didn't do your homework. No, I did. I did. I'm just uh, looking up my notes here. Uh, Well, I don't have any notes, but I do have some some crossovers that I enjoyed. Okay. Uh, So mine, a lot of them are in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the actually one of the TV ones I really enjoy and I enjoy it every year they've done it is when they do the crossover on the CW Arrowverse yeah. TV shows because Supergirl's not in that universe technically right she, yeah she's in a different uh, you know she's in a different universe like you know and they've multiple they've gone to multiple Earths before like that's yeah. part of their thing right Cisco can make portals and that's fine. Uh, but even like with Arrow and Flash living on the same Earth, they don't meet up a lot. No, it tends to just be like the special, you know, sweeps episodes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I find like when the when you bring in Flash and Supergirl together, they have great on-screen chemistry, and they've worked together before, like the actor and the actress on I think they were on Glee together and stuff like yeah. this. So you know they've got a rapport, and it shows. Like you know, it's just but they're in. They're both fun characters, mm. and then when you put them in with 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 Green Arrow, uh, it, it's kind of like it puts him, you know, being the the non-powered, even though he's been the vigilante for longer, mm. but he's the one with, without powers. Yeah, so you kind of get him, especially at first, trying to be like exert control over the situation because. I'm the veteran and I know what's going on, but I don't have powers and both of you guys could kick my ass. Really, if you try, like, Supergirl can shoot laser beams at him yeah. and roast him. Uh, and then just some of the reactions that the other characters, like Diggle, when he first meets Supergirl, and it's like, his, <laughs> his reactions are the best. Because he's like the everyman character, really, because it's like, you can fly. Like, well, what can't Wait, you you're do? you're an alien? Yeah, yeah, there's that too. What, aliens? What? Aliens exist. Yeah, so I just I love those crossover episodes. I'm really looking forward to see what they do with the Crisis Crisis. on Infinite Earths next season. Do you think they they start including Black Lightning into these? I wondered that too. Uh, Especially now that Green Arrow (coughs) is going away, right? Part of me wants them to, and part of me is like, no, it's so good. Just leave it alone. Don't mess with it. I think it it all comes down to what's the result of Crisis. Do we have one Earth and everything's been put together? It's how it worked in the comics. So if they do that, then I can see them. And in the comics, both Flash and Supergirl died during the Crisis. That's also very good Which is what they've alluded to in the last Crisis and why... It looks like why Green Arrow dies this time instead of them because he made the deal with the Monitor. Yeah, but doesn't isn't at the start of Flash? Isn't there a paper saying that he go and Flash goes that's, missing? In and the that's crisis? the big thing. So, so I guess well, one thing and I didn't have this in the news. Uh, we're at that time of year where all the TV shows are ending. Yeah, yeah. So we got our finales for Supergirl, Arrow, Legends, and Flash, and that they all had. Um, Something to tie into Crisis. The, the the monitor showed up at the finales for each one of them, mm. or well, sorry, the, the monitor didn't show up in the Flash that I remember, but the newspaper, the future newspaper, 
uh, when they walked away from looking at the screen, all of a sudden the date started cycling from being like 2025 or whatever, 2047 to oh. all of a sudden it cycled to 2019. Ooh. So things have, you know, have happened that have changed the future. And so now the, the, the red sky crisis where the flash disappears is next year. Kevin, now that you've got your notes up. Yeah, um, so over the years, there have been many, many crossovers between comic book publishers. But I think the pinnacle for me came in uh, 2003 with JLA Avengers by Kurt Busiek and George Perez. Ooh, interesting and good choice. Um, You know, the others were great. Some of them just never acknowledged that the two characters were from separate universes. They just had never run into each other. Like, yeah. the, like the original one, which was Superman, Spider-Man from the seventies. Um, or there was an X-Men teen Titans one in the eighties when both of those t- books were at the top of their respective companies. Mm. But, um, JLA Avengers really do. And there was, there was Marvel versus DC as well, where the fans got to vote on which characters yeah. won. Peter David wrote it. He did the best he could with it. Yeah, I think he was a little hamstrung. Yeah, when, when the- Storm got won the vote over Wonder Woman, like you had to just sort of. Yeah. You, know, you put things aside and, and write whatever you could. But with JLA Avengers. Uh, Busick and Perez were able to honor the complete legacy of both teams and both comic book companies, mm. and and they could he could spotlight the differences between the two groups and the two companies while uh, telling a story that brought them all together. Now, at this point, like both books had been running for almost fifty years or at least forty years, yeah, and uh, they. Um, they had long histories, and um, honor was paid to that too. There was one episode where, one issue, it was a four-issue miniseries. In issue three, the universes, while they hadn't merged, we'd come to a point where there had been annual Avengers, JLA, uh, let's go visit the, the other Earth stories. So it was insinuated that there was a long-standing feud between Hawkeye and Green Arrow as to which Archer was best, mm. and, and that... Um, that the the Dibneys, the elongated man and his wife Sue, were really good friends with Hank and Janet Pym, you know, and that and things like that were really fun. Uh, it was also the f- uh, the first time I remember seeing a character other than Thor pick up his hammer. In this case, it was Superman. Yep. There's a great iconic cover of of issue four with Superman holding Thor's hammer in one hand and Captain America's shield in the other. Just looks amazing. Uh, the story doesn't make a ton of sense. Cosmic yeah. beings, you know, make a bet. And in the in the original story, the DC avatar who was um, uh, Krona uh, had challenged the Grandmaster from the Marvel Universe to a to a battle, and whichever yeah. ones, whichever team, whichever ones champions won, that their uh, their their. Um, their leaders universe got to stay but they swapped teams so Krona had avengers as his avatar and grandmaster had the justice league so if the avengers won the battle they would lose the war and the marvel universe would be destroyed it was uh, it was a little mind trippy a little and a little uh a little 
convoluted, but it was just so much fun to see all these characters in such glorious and George, George Perez, Perez drawing. And it, it, it's worth noting for the time period, too, that was a, a kind of like everything coming together in a last sort of minute way in some ways. Because yeah. at the time, Perez was signed to CrossGen. He was so was supposed to be exclusively working for them, but I guess he had a loophole in his. I can't remember if he had a loophole or the publisher Mark Alessi uh, just liked comic books so much that he was like, "No, work on this. This is this yeah. is important for you because he had been Perez had been." On the original Justice League Avengers book that didn't happen, the one, yeah, the one from the late eighties that, that uh, it was Len Wein, I think, was supposed to write. Yeah, and there are uh, pages from it. Yes, um, there are. I don't know. Rob Liefeld used to own all of them. I don't know if he still does, um, because he is like a huge Perez fan. But it uh, did. The, I really hope they included some of that artwork in like the the big hardcover, the trade collections for. I think I've seen. I've seen there, some at of that least art. that one big. There's a one big group shot that was fully colored and everything with the mm-hmm. d- like the '80s Justice League at the time and the Avengers on the other. So it's like <coughs> sort of like the the classic red and gold Iron Man outfit from the mm-hmm. '80s and stuff. That was just and in, in that time, so awesome. both teams were. Like classic lineups, yeah, right. So it was eighty three. It was when that was supposed to come out. So mm-hmm. you would have, it would have been a Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Avengers, and a Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Justice League. Yeah, but good choice. I like that one. Thank you. Um, mine was like I was trying to look for like some of the off ball off the wall ones. Mm-hmm. Like as I mentioned, I really really like the. Uh, animated Batman, animated Turtles crossover mm-hmm. that DC did in their book a couple of years ago, just because it matches the tone so well for both those animated series in the comic. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's like a portal <coughs> open between the Turtles world and uh, Batman's world in the Batcave, and Michelangelo sticks his hand through. He's like, something there. Uh, feels like a gargoyle. And then he puts his head in and he's got like Batman's head, like <laughs> face in his mitt. Um, another one that I think gets overlooked a bit is uh, the Star Trek Next Generation Doctor Who crossover in the comics. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, it, it was pretty well written, put together. It, it's the uh, Matt Smith Doctor in it mm-hmm. um, with the, the Borg and the Cybermen teaming up. And, in and the there are... Hints in it that maybe the fourth Doctor had met Captain. Oh, Kirk. not well, hints. It yeah, there, there are panels of yeah. it. Yeah, of, of Kirk meeting Tom Baker's Doctor yeah. and Tom Baker offering him a, a jelly, a jelly baby. baby. Yeah, and the the art is really good. It's it a, it's painted artwork too. Um, beyond that, like Justice League Avengers is is really good. Yeah, uh, Punisher Archie. From the 90s was surprisingly good Mm -hmm. because it made no sense to put those two characters together and it worked. Um, I think I've gone on record on this show before. Archie versus the Punisher Predator is also a phenomenal (laughs) book. Like for like for the amount that Archie went go nuts. Yeah. You know, like they weren't protective over their characters and 
for uh, Fernando uh, Ruiz, who drew the book, he got to do all the things that you never get to do in Archie, like characters being decapitated. Yep. <coughs> and like... <coughs> Friends dying on us, slowly cool. but surely. And, you know, like the... Uh, being merged into robots and stuff <laughs> like that. It's uh, every time I get I get uh, Dan Parent and Fernando Ruiz for uh, sketch duels a yep. lot, and every time when somebody usually brings up uh, like what kind of character crossover would you like to do? Because Archie's out of all the characters in comics. I out think there, I asked that question at the last sketch. Tour. You did, and there's usually somebody else. And every time, I I keep I I, I change it a little bit each time, but I I keep waiting for like the the Josie and the Pussycats versus Aliens crossover. That would be and, good. And Fernando Fernando, to his credit, he 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 would do it in a heartbeat. So another one that I like, you know, the, or at least that I thought has been doing well or was well well done. Uh, there's been a bunch of crossovers in the Ghostbuster comics. Yeah, they crossed over with the Ninja Turtles. That's a really well done and, issue to make sense too. Does it? So it's part of the regular run in the Ghostbusters. Is it part of the regular run of the Turtles? Do they build that portal? Oh, the Ghostbuster Turtle crossover. Yeah, like the, is that part of the? Do they disappear for a bit then come back or like the? Do they no, have any, like, acknowledge they, they it at all? It, or? No. Um, weirdly, the Turtles book, both that and the X-Files crossover, they never really, even though it's definitely that version of the Turtles in those books. Yeah. But yeah, the the I love the the X-Files one is good because it's not even Mulder and Scully. It's the lone gunman going yeah, after like, a rumor of giant reptiles in the New York sewer system. That, and then they find the Turtles. And I think it ends with like they even go. Nobody will believe this. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, we, we, there was two different series involving the turtles. Mm. Uh, the portal that they end up creating to help them get home then gave birth to crossing over with the Lady Ghostbusters. Uh, so we got a comic series with them. Yeah. Both, so both properties, and then the, the last one where they brought in like. Every different version, pretty much, that's been out there of the Ghostbusters crossing over into one book. Yeah. Even like the little 8 bit video game guys were showing up and they were all drawn in their own you know, specific styles, which was uh, pretty creative, I thought. Uh, I also really like comic book wise, there is a Batman Judge Dredd. There's a couple of these, like, they were prestige one shots, basically, mm-hmm. or miniseries. Um, but uh, the thing I like about those is they keep within continuity, at least with itself. Yeah. Like, so Batman may not acknowledge that Judge Dredd exists outside in, like, his regular continuity. But within those miniseries, the events of the previous books have always happened. Yeah. And there's one issue in particular. Uh, it's the, the second series. So, basically, the first one ends with... Um, Judge Dredd being talked out of arresting and putting Batman in jail in in the future. So the second series starts with Judge Dredd basically showing up and picking a fight with Batman, like just out of nowhere, starting this fight, and for no apparent reason other than oh, I should have took taken you in. And what you discover by the end of it was um and orphanage or some sort of charity function has a fire 
and there's these kids in it, and Batman in Judge Dredd's future sacrifices himself to save these children, and Dredd figures that Batman is more important than these kids to the rest of, like, the history up until that point, or, or like, after that point. So he's delaying Batman from finding out about the fire to go there and rescue the kids. Oh, shit. And Batman still finds out and still goes to rescue the children, but with Judge Dredd's help, hmm. and then he doesn't, like... Doesn't die. Doesn't die, and the future is secured. Is it? It's not only, like, is it a good crossover, it points out, like, the strengths of what Batman is as a character, because, like, even though Dredd is saying, like, look, if you go and do this, you're probably not coming out, he goes and does it anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another one. There's a there's a good collection that's got all of the the dread Batman crossovers in in hardcover. That's oh, yeah. worth taking a look at. It's also got the dread Lobo crossover, which isn't quite as good. As I was doing some research for this, one one crossover came up on my list that I thought I kind of want to see that, even though I really have no interest in the franchise at all. But there was an episode this year of Supernatural where they met Scooby-Doo. Oh, it's great. Oh, was <laughs> that this should... year or last year? Last year. That was last season. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that, I totally forgot about that crossover. That was a great episode. <laughs> you need to find that episode and watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and you would you would like it because you you know the basics. I know the of basics Supernatural. of Supernatural. Two it's brothers, a, it's demons, definitely it's more or less a self contained episode. Like it doesn't really. Yeah. They just it just happens and then they get out and that's the end of the story. And but it's <laughs> they, 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 they they totally changed the world view for the Scooby for the Gang. Scooby Gang. <laughs> oh, basically. Um, in well, in Scooby Doo's universe, realistically, the supernatural does not exist. No, they're all, it's always a guy in a mask. It's a mask. You know. In supernatural, supernatural exists, and when it comes out, <coughs> they they start questioning their entire existence yeah. <laughs> because the supernatural does exist. Does this mean God exists? And like they go through like the whole gambit. It's hilarious. And, you know, and when, the, when they find the, the dead body and they, oh, you mean all this red paint and all this, and they're like playing in the blood. They're like, you know that that that's that's blood. Like this guy's head is. You know, you're holding his head. It, that's blood. He's dead. He's clearly dead. Oh yeah, sure. And, you know, they're like. And then, then they start freaking out once they realize, oh, wait, you mean this This is a real dead body? <laughs> um, is there any crossovers you would like to see happen? Oh. Oh, I, I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I just want there to be good stories. Fast yeah. and the Furious and Transformers. <laughs> well, what about that rumored G.I. <laughs> Joe Transformers Oh, that, that whole Hasbro, <laughs> Hasbro shared universe. Shared that gonna, that's gone. That's not going to happen. It should. Uh, the, they need to make Bumblebee a, was a prime example of how they could have. Oh, yeah. they could have started it for sure. Yep. All they would have had to do is change John Cena's character name to Duke or Sergeant or General Hawk mm-hmm. or Something I like guess that. maybe Sergeant yeah. Hawk, like yeah. the lower. Some, some and then basic, you have the the gateway right there. Yep. Yeah. Make him a basic Joe. That you know, at least one of the characters, one of those names. Then you spin him off into GI Joe, and and Hasbro would love it because, like, on the other side of it, because one, it gives them like their Avengers like franchise that every film company wants, mm-hmm. and two, it gives them more toys to make. Yeah, like they've done a couple San Diego sets where it's been 
uh, redecos from the the old G.I. Joe Transformer comic crossovers. Yeah. Or, and redecos of existing things to make them look like other things. But even like they had a mass market one that I own of a recolored, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, he's an airplane jammer. Yeah. No, no. Uh, he's an airplane, okay. but the redeco. He was, a, of he was them, a good guy airplane. Yeah, but the redeco is a Cobra Rattler. They're like one of their warplanes, oh. complete with the Cobra logos on the wings and stuff. Huh. And you would think it would be easy for them because they they own all the properties, right? They don't have yeah. to really work at it. No. But depends who they sold the rights off to. No, um, they they're all in house. At the moment, yeah, it's uh, or they have a. I think it's a working deal with Paramount. Either way, it's well. The, there was talk of the, that studio or whatever. Isn't that Allspark, the, stu- the <laughs> film studio or something? Uh, yeah, the one they I'm started. Not sure if it's that's... still called that, but yeah, it still exists. And like they would love it. it like as we've mentioned, every film studio wants Avengers money, mm-hmm. and they want to do that the same way the Avengers do, but they want to take the shortcuts and get the billion dollars right off the bat, as yeah. opposed to working up to the billion dollars. Yeah. And it would give them a good excuse to make finally make six-inch six uh, G.I. Joe figures that are like, you know, mm. like the ones we keep wanting. So I'll, I'll start the ball rolling a little bit. Oh, yeah. Get Hit your me. minds churning. Tron and Reboot. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hmm. That's an interesting proposition. Real, Classic re- Reboot or that new horrible oh, Reboot? No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I feel like you had, like the premises are similar enough that it makes it easy for a crossover. Just as we've found Tron. Tron versus Megabyte? And Tron lives in a contained system. It's not on the internet. Right. So it, oh, just like the original reboot. Yeah. So internet comes in and those Tron versus reboot versus Wreck-It Ralph. Oh. You know, why wasn't <laughs> Tron in Wreck-It Ralph? <laughs> That's a very good question. They, like, they, they because Disney the doesn't property. care about Tron. They're they, building a Tron roller coaster right now. Yeah, which looks amazing because yeah. they they already have one in right? China. China. Yeah, because uh, my cousin's been on it and said it's fantastic. It's motorbike motorbike style. Yeah, well, it's the um, Tron light cycle, l- right. and it's legacy. It's the the sequel that it's yep. based off of, as opposed to the original. It looks cool. But uh, is it an anniversary for Tron this year? Because uh, they're no. okay. Tron well, eighty two. Yeah, so I was wondering because. Um, the Kingdom Hearts Tron is in. They've been in. I think the characters have been in one of the other. I ones. just think there but are. But there's action figures for that. Plus, Diamond uh, Select, Diamond is, making Select is making more action figures. Mm. And usually, when that happens, there's there's a reason behind it. Like, well, they're building a ride that's going to. I guess maybe. So. But uh, I I I just like the idea of Tron mm. and and Greboot. And it's a, we had a CGI Tron show that was actually not bad. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. That didn't last too. long, but yeah, I heard it was good. Um, in in tabletop gaming, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons. are getting closer to closer together. Well, there's a it's a source book for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it's already out. That's Magic the Gathering, right? I've been meaning to look at it just because um, how Magic's magic works via yeah. the cards is very different than. Like theoretically different than how it would work in D in playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Speaking of magic, so magical characters, either a Hellboy Constantine team up. Oh, oh, that'd be good. 
or a Hellboy Ash from Army of Darkness? Uh, that would also kind of work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Hellboy has done a couple crossovers in the past. Well, yeah, he's crossed over with Batman. Batman and Starman and in the Starman same book, the one. which is a great yes. read. And Mike Mignola does the artwork for all yeah. of it, so... Yeah. Is is that included in the omnibuses that no, you were getting? No, not. If you need, I've got the. It I think I've, I might have digital copies of that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I would he put up with Ash though? I guess so. I think he'd put up with him just enough. Like right? you'd end up, he'd, he'd smack him around with the with his fist of doom a few times, and yeah. he'd be like, "Oh yeah, see, you know, you got a big rock hand. I've got a chainsaw hand. You know, it's a perfect team." <laughs> Smokey and the Batman. <laughs> no? I don't think B- B- Batman wouldn't put up with him. Burt Reynolds is Batman <laughs> driving a Trans Am. Now that's a movie I'd want to see. That Trans Am was almost a Batmobile anyway, so. Um, I, uh, the, it didn't happen, but that, um, that proposed uh, 21 Jump Street Men in Black. Oh, yeah, that sounded interesting. Yeah. I, I think that could have worked, given the... the type of movie those 21 Jump Streets were. You know what Men in Black could cross over with, interestingly, would be Ghostbusters. Alien ghosts? Sure. Like, it, like, it has a very similar tone. Yeah. There's a comic, and I can't wait to get it, coming out soon, where it's Ghostbusters crossing over with Transformers. Yeah. And it's there's going to be Transformer ghosts. <laughs> and like, I think it's the ghost of Starscream. Didn't they do Transformers and Star Trek recently too? Yes, yes, or they did. Oh, Transformers out? and Star Trek. Yes, yeah, yes, I've like, got that. It's, the it's classic animated. animated yeah, right? there's so many possibilities. I okay. So years ago, I wanted to pitch to Dark Horse doing, and this was in the wake of Punisher versus Archie, RoboCop. Inspector Gadget. Because <laughs> if you think about it, Inspector Gadget is the original RoboCop. Oh, yeah. It kind of is. And I, I had it mapped out to, like, stupidity levels for somebody who was never going to get a chance to write it. So in my idea, um, it, w- it was later in Inspector Gadget's life. Penny was now all grown up and working in Detroit on the RoboCop program. So you have automatic kind of crossover there. Mm. Yeah. I, I still like that idea in my head. I've never figured out what exactly to do for the bad guy in it, though. Dr. Like Dr. Claw, Claw, but how is... does he work in it? That's the. Well, it's his fault that Detroit's gone to shit. Well, it could be, yeah. Does he run? He's the president of the United States. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, DC did those comics in the last couple of years where they crossed over their superheroes with Looney Tunes. Yeah, I've heard good things about the Batman Elmer Fudd comics. Yeah, that one's fantastic. And what was it's the, better than it has any right being. Bugs Bunny and the Legion of Superheroes. I didn't read that one. Um, I know there's a. I think it's Marvin. Uh, the Martian Manhunter. Marvin the Martian Manhunter <laughs> is one of them. Um, I did. Uh, I know our friend Jimmy Palmati and Amanda Connor did one where it. I thought it was inspired because it, they went like the the slightly obscure Looney Tune route mm-hmm. and did Harley Quinn 
and the big orange hairy guy Gossamer. Gossamer. Yeah, they they did that one. Um the the Jonah Hex one that Jimmy wrote with uh it's Jonah Hex and Yosemite Sam. <laughs> that makes sense. And it takes place in the old west and and the uh he just does a really good job of so um Yosemite Sam's in it and uh, Foghorn Leghorn. And Foghorn Leghorn is a giant chicken man. (laughs) And in order to explain it, he's like the head of like a traveling sideshow. And that explains it. And you don't think about it afterwards. All those books are (laughs) kind of fun. I wonder if they're in trade. I don't know. Because, so, like, I've got a couple of them. I picked out, like, the ones that I, I liked or the creative teams that I liked. Now, in your run of those He-Man trades, did you get the He-Man DC trade? No, no, I didn't. Because that's part of... It's not part of DC, DC but continuity, it's of, but it's part of that He-Man yeah, story arc. and I, I haven't been able to find it. I keep men- meaning to ask if it, you can still order it yeah. or not. DC's it's re- a pretty interesting story, because yeah. it all involves... Uh, there is a trade of oh. DC meets Looney Tunes. It includes Legion of, uh, Bugs Bunny and the Legion of Superheroes, Lobo and the Roadrunner, Martian Manhunter and Marvin the Martian, Batman Elmer Fudd, Wonder Woman, the Tasmanian Devil, and Jonah Hex and Yosemite Sam. I wanted to read the Lobo one because the premise is perfect. Is the Wiley Coyote is sick of not getting the Roadrunner, so he hires Lobo oh, to go after the Roadrunner. Nice. <laughs> but uh, just uh, that's the DC He Man crossover. Says, you know, He Man's mom is from Earth, and yeah. so they end up coming to Earth and they in, in, interact with. More or less the new fifty two Justice League and John Constantine, like they're drawn They're drawn the way- on model for Exactly. That and it, so it's like it's that period of DC universe, but like then you know, the next world to the right or the left. You know, so it's not their main continuity, yeah. it's the next slide, you know, just beside it. It's it's not bad though. You get Skeletor fighting you know, He Man and I do like the ones that have so like some sort of consequences or permanence to it um the one i always go back to and it's not amazing especially given who was writing it but it's pretty solid is the wildcats aliens crossover they did because it um it exp- it fills in the gap of what happened to the members of stormwatch uh, so warren else wrote all this they stormwatch was the first book it, there's a break, and then Stormwatch more or less became the authority. And a whole whack of the people who were involved with Stormwatch, like the characters, are gone. And all you know is something tragic happened. And I think it's because the Wildcats Aliens book got delayed. But basically, because Stormwatch was a space station with all these superheroes on it, yeah. the aliens end up on... They investigate a meteor that's got the alien eggs on it. One of the super powered people gets an alien in it, Ooh. and it like ends up killing off all those characters that w- didn't make it into the authority. Um, but we also get like, you know, the rules of aliens still apply because you know, alien comes out of a person, it's kind of a person alien, comes out of a dog, kind of a dog alien, comes out of a super powered person that can throw fire. Alien that breathes fire comes oh. at you. So um, it, it was a, it was a nice one, but it had like actual story consequences, right? Like it it actually affected the universe yeah. that it took place in. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think those are the best crossovers when it's not just 
a crossover for you know for shits and giggles, but it you know if it affects the story moving forward, mm-hmm. then it has it has more meaning. So I thought I find those tend to be better. Yeah, the the Avengers one is ever since you mentioned it, I'm like yeah, that was really good. Yes, yeah, I haven't read that one. I'll, I'll to, it would have I'll been your it. your pre getting back in the yeah, comics. That's well, that's what we said. It was, it was early two thousand. So yeah. yeah, that was my that was during the dark years when I wasn't reading comics. Even some of the I'm not sure if the, this would count the amalgam books. Those came out of DC versus Marvel. Yeah, but those are that you consider that a crossover of sorts. Yeah, right? I've got were, one of yeah, I've got at least one. Okay. I think I have the Superman Captain America book, Super Soldier. Yeah, yeah they're the one, and again. I think some of these crossovers work better if you take chances with them, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, the one I always remember... So, in the first run of those, there's Dark Claw, right? Yeah. Batman, Wolverine. But it's, like, played super serious, which slightly ridiculous if you think about yeah. it. But the second run of those, it's the new Dark Claw animated series. So, yeah. it's drawn in the animated style. Oh, nice. okay. And done as, like, the cartoon yeah. would be. And I really liked that There one. were that some weird concepts in that amalgam, too. There was um, Bullets and Bracelets, which was a Diana Prince and the Punisher were, like, partners tracking down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because the other Wonder Woman book was just called Amazon, and um, Storm had become Wonder Woman. Yeah. So Diana Prince was off with with Frank Castle tracking down bad guys. That was interesting. There's a lot of... Uh, the Amazing from, Spider-Boy. Yeah, yeah from that a, period, though, there's a lot of crossovers that didn't end up happening later on, too. Like for, Especially like the Justice League Avengers period. Right. Like, like the, the one that I like, oh... That could have been good. Was uh, Brian Bendis's Batman Daredevil that mm-hmm. never happened because they, that's when the company stopped getting along. But before that, there were almost too many. Like late yeah, night, no. there was Green Lantern, Silver Surfer. There was Superman and the Fantastic Four. That one's a good book. Yeah. Though. There was what else? There was there was Batman Wolverine. Was there a Batman Wolverine? No. Um, there's a. There's a Batman Punisher. Batman Punisher. But it's the the Azrael Batman, the armored oh, right. Batman, and Ramita I think it's Ramita Jr.'s drawing it too. Which isn't bad, but uh, yeah. It's a, that's a good point. I think that's part of the reason why the book didn't happen. But th- think about that though. Bendis writing Daredevil and Batman yeah, in the same book. Good. Especially like that was that like the the good start like he had gotten a good start on his Daredevil run when that was proposed. I know Kevin Smith wanted to do Daredevil Green Arrow too. The only thing we got out of that's a really kick-ass uh, wizard cover that mm. Joe Cazada drew. Mm. Start drawing comics again, Joe. Get yeah. beat it out from behind the desk. He was so good. He was a good artist. Well, I guess that brings us almost to the end of this episode, yeah. Yeah. with the exception of I've been told uh, via a, a message from uh, the lovely Jen that she would like to insert her thoughts. So now future Brent is going to be putting in a little bit of a discussion with Jen on crossovers and whatnot. Hi, Jen. Hi. So we explained to everybody why you're not on the show. Oh, okay. Or not as often, at any rate, for the next little while. Yep. Until we start figuring out technology sort of things. 
But this also proves that you haven't like left or gotten mad at us or anything. Too, nope, still here, still here, still part of the podcast. Yep, yay! Uh, so um, this week we talked about uh, <laughs> our dishwashers going in the background. Sorry, we weren't thinking about it when we started recording. Um, so this week we started talking about crossovers. Mm-hmm. And do you have any particular favorites? Um. None that I can really think of. Like the first one that pops to mind would be Supernatural because they have done. They've did a couple, didn't they? The Scooby Doo one's yeah, probably the, the most. Scooby Doo was the one that the one that I was thinking of, and, and it's really well done. Yeah, and we've talked about it before on the show. Mm. Uh, we've talked about. Um, I love the the existential crisis that uh, the Supernatural brothers put the Scooby Gang through. Which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's kind of weird in some ways that they haven't done more actual crossovers with the Supernatural guys. Yeah. Like, um, give, just given what the WB kind of has in stock and stuff like that, right? Like, you know, they Supernatural shoots or was shooting in the BC Vancouver area. Yeah. Green Arrow is also... Or Arrow is also yeah. shot there. Yeah. It would have been an interesting sort of thing. They're both owned by the same parent company, so it wouldn't have been hard for clearances. Yeah. Um, you know, I I always thought, too, that uh, they should have done some sort of Buffy reference at some point, too. That was going to be my other answer. The que- my answer to the other question that you oh, had about okay. fake ones. Well, let's get into that though. Did you <laughs> did you have any crossover ideas? Well, I I always I've always thought that Buffy and Supernatural would be an awesome crossover mm. because they've got so much of the same elements back and forth, and I think it would be really cool to have uh, the Supernatural brothers uh, investigating something in uh, was it Sunnydale? Yeah, yeah. And coming across the Slayer, and I thought that would be a really fun clash of of lore and of cultures because the Supernatural brothers are I forget their name Dean and some Sam Sam yeah Sam and Dean just stop calling them the Supernatural brothers it's like the Property Brothers only Supernatural there's a crossover I want to see <laughs> that actually might would be a fun one too because it would be the Property Brothers going after like haunted uh, houses and stuff and being like we could fix this up but first we have to call in our friends to come and exercise the demons um, but anyway, going back to Buffy, I think that it, it would be a really good mix, and I should write that fan fiction sometime. Hmm. <laughs> I think Buffy lends itself to that sort of stuff. Yeah, like uh, like I've always thought, especially when both comics were at DC, why there wasn't a crossover with Hellboy at some point. Yeah, like and, that that kind of it's Dark the same Horse, kind of a culty feel to it. Mm. Um, that would be interesting because you would have kind of. I would think that the initial um, meeting between Hellboy and Buffy would be that Buffy was trying to kill him because she's yeah. he's a demon, and then there would be the working together type of you know, or maybe Angel because there's demons that work with Angel and his crew. I think. And, yeah, yeah. I didn't really watch much of Angel. I know you keep I've, telling me I should, but I haven't. No, yet. I've uh, no, I haven't said that. I've yeah. only seen bits and pieces of it. It's Heather that was always telling us to watch Angel. Yeah. Um, there's there's bits and pieces of it that I've seen that I really liked. 
Mm-hmm. Like the episode where he gets turned into a Muppet. Yeah, you keep mentioning that one. Um, for other crossovers, I would think I think would be cool. Like I used to write a lot of fan fiction, mm. um, and I was saying that fan fiction is basically the basis of crossovers. Like it's a lot of fan fiction is crossovers. Yeah. So I don't think I'm trying to think back. I don't think I wrote any crossovers. I was more into creating new characters for existing worlds, um, but I did have ideas. So. This is going to go into anime because I wrote a lot of Sailor Moon crossovers mm. or fan fiction. So I always thought that Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura would make a good crossover uh, for the anime fans out there. My idea was that uh, it would be set in Cardcaptor Sakura's world and she's trying to catch, collect the Senshi cards and all of the Sailor Scouts are cards. Yeah. And then she can release the cards to use the Senshi to fight, which I thought would be kind of cool. I also had a Sailor Moon... Um, I guess I was thinking Macross, but like a Gundam style. Oh, like with Mecha and stuff Yeah, with like Mecha, yeah. where uh, the Sailor Scouts would be the pilots, and then their transformed magical girl form would be the giant robots, right? So instead of transforming into magical oh, girls, that's interesting. they would have... So Sailor Moon would be a giant robot, and Usagi would be the one who pilots it. <laughs> ah, okay. So that was another idea I had. Uh, Clamp did this really great anime and manga series which basically crossovered all now that i'm talking about it i'm thinking of stuff but uh clamp did this great series that crossed over all of their uh manga and anime worlds into kind of like a big multiverse oh really yeah oh it's called subasa reservoir chronicle and it had uh card capture sakura it had sakura and and lee and uh two new characters as the main mm. group um, and it, they jumped around from world to world to world to world to world using a Mokona from uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth, which is another clamp yeah. one. And they went to every clamp world and they would meet up with the same characters in different worlds, but they were different. They were the same person, but different people. Mm. It's really neat. I loved that series. It was really good. Um, and then it made me, it did a good job because it made me want to read all of the different clamp stories, which I have since tracked down and read. <laughs> <laughs> Except for one, I can't find. Except for one, I can't find the clamp Alice in Wonderland. I'm still looking for that one. Oh, why out of print? Yeah, the most of them are out of print. Yeah. But I found a chunk of them. So yeah, um, I also thought it would be fun to do because I like magical girls. The new Shira, I think, would be a fun crossover with another magical girl. That makes sense though, because yeah. the new Shira is essentially a magical yeah. girl anime, but done like, by North Americans. I think it would. I think again, Sailor a Sailor Moon Shira crossover would be fun because you could have it set in Eternia or Etheria, mm. so it's still the sail, the uh, Shira world, and have another magical girl show up and kind of you know work it through. It yeah, that way. well, that in in a lot of ways, Shira and uh, Sailor Moon, from what I understand about Sailor Moon, share uh, like a lot of basic similarities. Yeah, like on like like on the surface, like. They're both normal girls that, through the power of something or another, transform into transform heroes into with magical powers. Yeah, complete with like costumes appearing out yeah. of nowhere. And, and the stuff transformation like that. sequence in Shira is very reminiscent of the transformation sequence. Oh, I'm sure in that Sailor was Moon. done on purpose, probably. Yeah, and a lot of magical girls have the same kind of um, transformation type sequence. Um, Pre-Tier is another good one that has a really nice transformation sequence, although it's fairly creepy because she has to transform with the help of a guy and oh. the guy kind of gets absorbed into her 
And it's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I still really like that series. Okay, cool. Well, <laughs> I'm glad we got a little bit with you this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing this episode and, and hearing what the guys said, because I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, to finish things off, what's your geek pick? Oh, you crap. Geek, ki- geek pick. Um, oof, my brain has been so full of well, you, new job stuff. Yeah, you've been working at the new job. Um, oh, ooh, the book that I'm reading is really good. I don't have it in front of me. It's called Children of Blood and Bone. Okay. And I can't remember the author because I don't have it in front of me. But it's uh, a YA fantasy novel. It was written, I think it was written in 2000, it was either 2016 or 2017, maybe 2018. I can't remember how new it is. It's a series of books? It's the first book. I don't know if it's a series because I'm not done it yet. Children of Blood and Bone. Tomi Adeyemi? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, apparently it's the legacy of Orishi number one. So oh. I'm uh, assuming there's. Well, darn it! That uh, means I'm going to have to find the rest hold of them. Hold on, I can pull it up. So the the basic premise it. of this book is that it is a world uh, where you are chosen by the gods to have magic when you reach puberty, and the, your the symbol of you becoming a, a magi is that you have white hair, and they're the most recent. They're the current king. Um, had decided that magic was not a good idea in his kingdom and there was an event called the raid and he killed all of the adult magi anybody who had magical powers but he left the children alive so now this book takes place i think it's 11 or 15 years after the raid so the children of the murdered magi um in most cases because it goes through bloodlines it was their parents who died are now old enough and they are trying to fight new the king to bring magic back into the world mm. and it is really well written like it's spectacularly well written yeah so according to wikipedia uh the publishing rights to the children of blood and bone was sold as a trilogy including two more books and uh fox has the film rights to it but oh does it have publication dates um, it's actually fairly new. It's pretty recent. Uh, I was 2018. Really, yeah, I was super lucky to find March. it in Value Village. Yeah, March 2018. Yeah, I love it when I find these books in Value Village, because you know somebody read it once and was like, meh, and I was like, oh, this is a new book, I yeah. want it. Or it's they're awesome. Or they're just the type of people who just don't read the same book over again. Yeah, right? I don't. I read them many times. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend this book. I'm Now okay. now that I know it's a trilogy, I'm going to have to read the other two. And Well, when they come out. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the frustrating the, part. Yeah, because you got it, like, you got it recent, which means that that second book's probably not going to be know, out for and I'm gonna be reading. a year, maybe more. And I will have read like 30 books between the two so it's going to be very difficult to remember what oh, happened muffin. what i like reading <laughs> all righty <laughs> well thank you for coming in and doing this jen coming in i live here you live here <laughs> i know um but uh we will pr- that it looks like the next episode that we're recording which is funny because the rest of the episode that the listeners are going to hear are after we rec- was recorded before we record this. Yes. So it, it sounds like we, we might be doing uh, Dark Phoenix, and you might actually be here live for it. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of... I, I was... The Dark Phoenix stuff, hap- I like. I watched it all in the 90s X-Men, and, yeah. and then it was... Every single time X-Men pops up, they always do Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So I'm kind of sick of it, but I really love the new cast for this, the, well, the current possibly X-Men Possibly old cast now. Yeah, yeah. I know. So I'm 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 kind of looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Yeah, well, we shall see. Mhm. 
So I, I hope you enjoyed that and got your gen fix for the, the episode. Um, hopefully we'll figure out a way that she can be actually on when we record. But it, it, it's going to be interesting. It's, technology is sometimes not your friend. Um, this brings us to the end of another episode of True North Nerd. So Geek Picks. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. So my geek pick is the uh, the that new Batman comic that I picked up today. Oh, that good, uh, eh? I enjoyed it. I think it's a great first issue for the story. It's piqued my interest into buying the, the wanting to see how it uh, finishes off. Uh, so yeah, Batman: The Last Night on Earth. Uh, so the premise is Batman wakes up in Arkham Asylum. Uh, he's younger Batman. Uh, has memories of being Batman, but is kind of told, you know, they're kind of like, um, yeah, no, you know, no, you, it's okay, Bruce. You'll be all right, Bruce. You know, you're not really Batman, Bruce. That, oh. you know, this is all, and there's all the, the, his rogues gallery are off in the back working in the hospital and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, then the story moves forward. And I don't really want to give too much away, but <laughs> he ends Thank up you. getting out of there and having to figure out what's going on. Um, so, uh, if you've been reading my blog posts, you'll see what, um, what shows I've been watching on my nerd list. Yep. And the one I wanted to, um, highlight right now, I've watched the first three episodes of, and I'm really surprised at how strong the characters are and how strong the premise is right out of the gate. And that's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, oh, the Linda Hamilton, Linda Ron Hamilton Perlman and Ron show? Perlman show. Okay, <coughs> it's really. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. It's Jeez, really. I'm gonna get six sitting around you two. It's really quite good. It's uh, it's a romantic drama. Uh, you know, it's a fa- it's a fairy and a fable, fairy tale and a fable set in modern New York. Yeah. In which, this case, modern it means 1987. Um, the stories are, you know, slightly hokey, but. Um, but the characters are really well developed, and I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I know Hamilton doesn't stick around for the whole run. In the last season, she leaves, and the, oh, okay. she's replaced by another woman. Uh, but uh, while she's on the show, I am going to enjoy her. So, uh, what's the story behind the Beast in it? Is it like is he just like born? He was born like that, that way, oh, okay. and there's a secret society that lives in the tunnels under the streets of New York, and he was taken in by. Um, uh, the character played by Ray Dotry. So, he's calling, he's hear me out. Father. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, the Morlocks from X-Men. <laughs> now, I, Just saying. I, I, I thought you were going to say Ninja Turtles. I know the CW had a Beauty and the Beast show a couple years ago with Kristen Crook. Yeah. I don't know if that's uh, anything like this at it all. It did not last long. But... Uh, but um, I know that uh, lion-faced Ron Perlman was a lot of women's fantasies in the, in the 80s. Cool. I'm going to go with uh, a video game pick. Uh, I bought the remastered version of a uh, Xbox One and PS2 game called Aminusha. It was from Capcom. It's very much um, a precursor to games like God of War. Um, you're a samurai going through uh, a tower to rescue a princess, basically fighting demons, and you have a sword that you can power up. And um, there's a lot of puzzle solving in it as well, like treasure chests with uh, like number puzzles. Like you have to, you can shift in order to get them in order. You can only yeah. shift them so many times, and oh, okay. like slide picture puzzles as well. 
Um, you, you probably got them in a stocking as a kid and drove yourself nuts. Yep. Yeah, that Those type that had of stuff. the little one. Well, there'd be one open spot. Yeah, it, it's a. It was a game that I loved but never owned, and now that it's remastered for the the one, I picked it up because it's not very expensive. It's a good game, but I will fully admit, I restarted it on easy because <laughs> it was tough. back in the day before autosave. When video games were unforgiving. Yeah. And when you're dead, you're dead. Even the easy setting, I'm, I've had to look up how to do some of the puzzles. <laughs> like there's a, um, you're occasionally partnered with a female character and you switch between the two in order to so- solve certain puzzles. And the male character gets locked in a room that starts filling up with water and you have to do a picture puzzle in order to drain the room and unlock the door. Yep. And uh, how many times have you died? He dry, he oh. died a lot. <laughs> um, I had to go to YouTube. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way I found the, the answer for it. I'm like, cause I, I thought I was, I, I had it. I was just like two squares off basically, oh. but <clears throat> But it, it's fun. It's just, as Ryan said, not forgiving yeah. at all. And every time I find a place to save, I save that mother. Smart. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Yes. Uh, next episode, I'm not sure. Do we have any movies lined up next? Godzilla! Yeah, Ryan oh, yeah. and I are going to go see Godzilla. go to see Godzilla. Yeah, because you have an improv show. Uh, theater thing. Theater thing. Yeah. Between now and our next recording, Godzilla comes out and X-Men comes out. So X-Men will probably X-Men be the next I want to Actually, X-Men is on the border of when we record. Uh, well, no, it's not because it's... We'll make it work. No, it'll we'll be the, it'll be the it. weekend uh, before we record next. Okay. Because, yeah, this episode comes out Monday. X-Men comes out that weekend. Yeah, and I know we Jen them. wants to see that, too. Because yeah. it's, as, as I said, it's kind X-Men of the closing out, out of... Next, fr- next Friday. Yeah. yeah so it's... that'll be before we record next. And then the week after that is Men in Black. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the closing out of the X-Men series, which has had its ups and downs. Um, this good chunk of good. There's a little bit of mediocre and one really bad. Which <laughs> one's that? Oh, my brain's... I think Wolverine's in it. I remember the first, like, ten minutes of the movie's good. Wolverine Origins. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, playing, the, along the, the, the I was part, playing along with the joke. Where you were going. The, the, part where, the, the part where it shows him, like, fighting through all the wars and stuff like that, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. But it's, like, literally the credits of the movie. Yeah. yeah but, uh, movie. So, yeah, so we'll probably come back with a full movie review and some other stuff. In the meantime... Uh, you can find us at truenorthnerds.com and True North Nerds, uh, at True North Nerds on Instagram and Twitter. And True North Nerd Podcast on Facebook. On Facebook. You can find the show. If you don't like listening to it the way you are, it's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play. Google Overcast. Play. Wherever you catch your podcasts. Pretty much. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening, and we'll be back with uh, Godzilla versus the X-Men. Oh, right? That's I would pay to see that. That's a crossover. That's a crossover. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to True North Nerds. You can find us on our new website at truenorthnerds.com, on your podcast app of choice under True North Nerds, on Facebook under True North Nerds, on Instagram under True North Nerds, 
Yeah, we managed to get to all of them before anyone else did. So, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you like the what you've been hearing, please, please, please go to your uh, podcast app of choice and rate and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Courage. So set your phasers to sexy.